Sometimes an animal eats an apple and the seeds pass through its body and grow into an apple tree. And sometimes it's just a pile of crap. You're listening to the podcast reviewing films that walk the fine line between passable and porn. We like to call these films Anus Apples. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again. It's time for another Anus Apple. That's right, the show where we try to determine if a film has a seed of greatness or if it's just plain crap. Hello, everybody. I'm Chris. Welcome to another episode of Anus Apples. It's great to hear hear you, have you here. And um, a couple of programming notes, first of all. In, in the next episode, which I required, or I required, I recorded prior to this episode, I mispronounced somebody's name multiple times. So I'm just going to go ahead and uh, apologize. I'm sorry, Mike Staklasa from uh, Red Letter Media for unfortunately mispronouncing your name and calling you Mike Staklaska. I don't know why I did that. I don't know how I did it, but I did it. My brain added an extra K. So that's an apology for the future episode having to do with Red Letter Media's Space Cop. In addition to that, uh, you may notice a little bit of a difference in the sound. I've gotten a new mixer. I'm now using the Rodecaster Pro 2, which is amazing, and I love it to death. It's a great mixer, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. So uh, I really appreciate you know, uh, those of you who have contributed because, hey, that helps me to get new pieces of equipment like this so that I can produce better and better quality stuff. Now I just have to find a way to uh, provide or prevent rather the echo off the wall here in the <laughs> space where I record because unfortunately I can't tack anything to the wall. You know, it's an apartment. You're not supposed to do that. So I've got to find some other way to prevent that. And I use a mic boom arm, so you can't buy one of those, like, mic shield things where you can have the microphone in front of, like, a foam curvy thing to isolate the sound. So it's a little bit trickier in that regard. Uh, But other than that, hey, I'm, I'm pretty happy with how things are going. This episode is a special treat. So last episode, we reviewed a classic. It, it was, of course, Plan 9 from Outer Space, Ed Wood's uh, seminal and, and, and most uh, you know beloved film, at least according to him. It's the one that he enjoyed the most. And this time, we're reviewing a different film based on Plan 9 from Outer Space. It's, it's a remake just called Plan 9 from 2015, directed by John Johnson. And the question is, will this be worse than the original, or is it better than the original? Well, we'll find out in a few minutes. Here, take a listen to the trailer for Plan 9. Destroying the whole town. 
Dead guy. Shortly after dusk, a centralized hub of an unknown form of kinetic energy formed here. After its formation, it sent out a shockwave, or pulse, of the energy. The only recently dead humans seem to be affected by the energy. And to make matters worse, these recently dead humans are being controlled. Whatever did this, it's not from here. Has been quarantined. No one leaves this sector alive. Identify yourself. And we need a plan. I got him. All right, so that is Plan 9 from 2015 from John Johnson. If I said Ryan Johnson, I apologize. Completely different director, but John Johnson uh, is the one who directed this this uh, remake of Plan 9. And, well, you'll, you'll hear what I have to say about this in my review. I will uh, openly state that I went into this thinking to myself, I can't wait to completely trash this. I can't wait to destroy this film because it is going to be so bad. And uh, let, let's just say that, you know, going in with a chip on your shoulder into what you consider to be a bad film may not always be the best bet. So, a uh, summary from IMDb. Plant 9 is the story of Nilbog, a small town with a big story. The beginning of an invasion. These aliens have a different plan for the inhabitants of Earth to resurrect their dead as their own army set with but one goal, to wipe out all of mankind. This night will decide the fates of all who walk the planet and thought they were at the top of the food chain or thought they were the top of the food chain. All right, so that's the summary. Um, main characters. So uh, we have Captain Jeff Trent. He is an airline pilot. And in this instance of the movie, or this version of the movie, they actually have a real plane. It's a, a small private plane, but still, they have a real plane. You have Paula Trent. Uh, Jeff Trent, by the way, played by Brian Krause. Paula Trent, played by Amy Hart, is his wife. And Lucy Grimm, who is a scientist played by Sarah Eshleman. Eshleman. Last but not least, we have a character called Chriswell, uh, who is played by somebody named Mr. Lobo, who I've never heard of. But uh, at the same time, we're going we're gonna to talk about this film from beginning to end and how this film actually did some things that were different that you wouldn't expect from a reboot. And also it, it kind of went into some, some misleading directions, especially in the beginning. So in the beginning, you have Chriswell, this character that I, I was just talking about playing the announcer from the original plan nine from outer space and trying to retape or re 
do the opening from that in a more modern way, but literally the same wording and everything else. And what it does is it immediately makes you think, oh, this is going to be a pure remake. They're, they're just, they're just remaking it, yada, yada. And then all of a sudden off camera, you're cut, try it again. And he's getting into an argument with the director. All right. And who would remake this film? It's such trash. And this is well above my stature as an actor and this, that, and the other. So it immediately goes in a different direction where you think, oh, maybe this is like a making of the movie where the movie actually ends up happening instead of it being like it, it being a movie. You know, they start off, they're going to make Plan 9 from Outer Space, they're going to remake it, and then something in real life happens and it it it, it totally becomes a real life situation. And surprisingly, that's not the direction it went in. I, I was kind of surprised. Uh, I, I thought it was going to go in that direction and it didn't. We then cut to a couple of different situations. So there's a funeral. Uh, scientist Lucy's father has, or mother has died. Uh, her, her mother has died and the father's there and she's just going back to work in the lab because it, it's what will get her through things. And she has a secret side project uh, having to do with another scientist in another lab uh, and they're they're having this secret uh, phone conference because or not phone conference but computer conference about this this experiment that's going according to plan and that they can't let the bosses know about. Meanwhile, Jeff Trent, uh, our pilot character, is flying with his co-pilot and they're they're getting ready to land in the town. And they have a passenger and all of a sudden like a giant meteor or blast of energy comes down right next to the plane and they land safely. They manage to land safely. But, uh, of course, the woman they were flying with as a passenger, uh, you know, pees her own pants because it was so scary. Anyway, they get back. They're going to make a police report. The police show up and the police don't really like the pilots, the police are like, oh, yeah, like we, yeah, we believe you, sure. Like they're, they're trying to, they're saying, well, you should check it out. Like there was a meteor or something. Oh, yeah, we'll get right on that. You know, you hotshot pilots always thinking you're all that, this, that, and the other. Okay, fine. Jeff goes home. He's recently married to his wife, Paula. And they're, they're, they're having, you know, a beginning of a, an interesting evening. And Jeff decides he's going to go out to town to the place where he could buy like some wine or something. And that's when the energy pulses start happening from this location where this energy blast was hit. It was an old abandoned school. And so these energy blasts start going out and that's when the, the zombies start showing up. And, um, all the while, by the way, Paula, not Paula, uh, Lucy's father ends up killing himself just like in the movie, the original movie where the husband kills himself after the wife has died. But of course, the wife and the husband are the first ones to start getting uh, resurrected in addition to other people that the zombies kill. But there's there's something different about this. Uh, first of all, it's not just like one 
individual that gets resurrected every time, there's an energy pulse that starts to wake up these uh, recently undead. And over time, the energy pulse's radius gets wider and wider and begins every so often. The energy pulse doesn't go off all the time. It takes time to recharge and to expand. But every time it goes off, more and more undead keep coming back. And some of these are faster and sneakier undead than just your your typical, you know, uh, you know, zombies. So they're not that dumb. Jeff gets stuck in the local store with uh, his buddy, his co-pilot, and a bunch of other civilian uh, people, in addition to, of course, uh, Chriswell, the announcer from earlier, and he's always making the quote-unquote rational thing like, oh, yeah, no, we should, you know, we should forget these people. We should save ourselves, you know? Like, it, he's he's kind of the selfish character, but he does have a bit of an arc in the end. Um, and they have to protect this store. They have to hold themselves up in this this grocery store, this uh, local store. And uh, they're friends with the store owner who unfortunately at some point dies when he goes back in the storeroom and there's a zombie hanging out back there. Now, they figure out that these blasts are happening in at regular intervals. Uh, the phones go out, so they have no really great way to communicate except by radio or CB. And meanwhile... While Jeff is trapped in the store as the zombies are happening, his wife, Paula, is trapped at home, and she ends up uh, eventually getting aligned with the police and uh, ending up with them in a police van and, and, and everything. So that ends up working out pretty well. Uh, she has a group, and Jeff has a group. And meanwhile, scientist lady is by herself, but another uh, policeman shows up there and she begins to explain, you know, these these findings. And she does pull a couple of quotes out there. Uh, she's clearly the character that knows everything about everything. Um, she's the scientist that is the brilliant person that can explain everything. So she explains the energy pulses. She uh, grabs a line from Ghostbusters. Back off, man. I'm a scientist. And, of course, she has the line. I've come up with several plans. This is the ninth plan. This is plan nine on how we can deal with this issue. Now, later in the movie, unbeknownst them, the military moves in and is on the outskirts of town and is trying to quarantine everybody. So everybody in the town that's alive is, um, is you know, being kept up to date by a radio DJ that is on at late night hours. And it's absolutely a great way of doing some exposition and making it clear that everybody in the town knows what's going on from this radio announcer. And I think that was a great little uh, plot element. Over time, uh, the people at the store, you know, are trying to find a way to escape. They're looking for cars. They're looking for ways to get out, and there aren't ways to get out. And there's a woman in the store with a little daughter, and the woman decides that she doesn't want her daughter to die, so she poisons her daughter to death, uh, which is great, I guess. I mean, seriously, why would you your, – your daughter is – like, you don't want your daughter to get mauled to death, so you kill her. That's great. Um, not great at all, because later the daughter comes back and attacks everybody in the store, and they have to kill her again. That being said, after the mother does this, this is the most bizarre scene in the entire movie. In a movie about aliens and the rising dead and all of that, the most bizarre scene is this mother who, uh, you know, is 
you know, just like a normal woman. She's not, she's not like, you know, horribly, horribly obese, but she's not like, you know, a model or anything either. And so after they discover that she killed her daughter and call her out for it, she takes off all of her clothes and just goes outside and walks naked into the midst of the zombies to be killed. I'm like, that made no sense. It made absolutely no sense. It's like, oh, she went nuts. Oh, okay. Um, so eventually, several people from the store end up escaping, and they get in a car, and they're going to make for the, for the edge of town. And meanwhile, uh, Jeff's wife, Paula, is with the police, and they end up over with the scientist lady. Scientist lady is, is coming up with a plan. We're going to sneak into the school, and we're going to disable this pulse generator. And um, meanwhile, I think Jeff is going to go out of town on foot or something, and they find another group of survivors who say, oh, the military's right across the bridge. They'll help us out. And, of course, the military kills all of those people. So eventually Jeff meets up with Paula and they all end up at the school where, of course, the military all are. So they have to sneak into the school to help to defeat the aliens that have now actually taken physical form. And when they sneak in, they, they manage – so Jeff and crew manage to uh, sneak in and they, they get one of the alien weapons. And they end up in a shootout in like a parking garage in the school or something. It's really weird. But they end up in a shootout. And uh, the military's there as well. The military's invading. And the military commander wants to kill all of these people. But one of the soldiers is like, no, you know, they saved our lives and this, that, and the other. And at another point, one of the soldiers, one of the, the, the like super buff male soldiers, takes off his shirt and goes looking for the, 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 the aliens. And he finds a self-destruct button in a vat of goo of some kind. And decides that he's going to try to press it. And here's the interesting thing. Now, I, I give this the, the 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 movie credit for this. They do something that has never I've never seen to my knowledge in a movie before, where you have Jeff and you have Paula, the two Trents. And Jeff has been with us the entire time, and Paula has been with us the entire time. And Chris Well, who is the announcer from the beginning, um, you know, they're at the point where Jeff is like, no, you know, I've got to go forward. You know, he's gotten reunited with Paula and he's like, no, we have to see this through. And Chriswell, the selfish character from the beginning, turns and goes to him. No, man, you've done enough. You've been reunited with your wife. Go home. And they do. They do. They go home. And I thought that was brilliant because like you never run into this it's always like people make this irrational decision i've been reunited with the person i love but i'm going to continue forward anyway and risk my life like this happens so many times in these types of movies and it was really refreshing to see this other character that at one point was selfish turn around and say nah you know what like it you guys are good i'll take it from here and that was great and in the end, uh, they they mostly defeat the alien forces by activating the self-destruct. One of them, in the end, ends up getting away. Uh, and they heard a report of, you know, another uh, state where another one of these ships had landed. 
And uh, so the alien commandeers a vehicle or hitchhikes, and it's hinted that, oh, yeah, like this is going to continue. So overall, I was I was disappointed, not in the movie, but I was disappointed that I wasn't disappointed in the movie. I hate to say it, but this was better than the original and it's very rare when a remake or a sequel is better than the original. But this is one of those cases. And looking at the IMDb, they actually credited Ed Wood Jr. with writing the original script. So they did go back to the original script and then they tweaked it a bit. Oh, I forgot to mention why the aliens were attacking. Well, scientist girl and her friend, her other scientist lady, were investigating th- this uh, technology to use photons as weapons and didn't realize that, you know, that could have a chain reaction that would destroy the universe, essentially, or that we were messing with forces that we didn't understand in terms of weapons. So they did bring that back from the original as well. I forgot the name of the technology or weapon, but that's why the aliens came, to prevent us uh, being able to use this weapon uh, against them. So overall, a lot of parallels. You have similar character names. Most of the character names are the same. Some of them are slightly different because some of them actually didn't have names too much in the original. But the point is, is that the difference between this and the original is night and day, not in terms of not being a similar story, but in terms of the situation of there being, uh, you know, this alien force and they're they're raising the dead and all of this stuff. And it's told in a cohesive manner that makes sense. The plot goes from point A to point B to point C. The character conflicts make sense. The direction of the action makes sense. You're not guessing or you don't have a narrator coming in explaining everything all the time because it didn't make sense. Although you do have the radio DJ coming in ever so often just as a way of giving like color commentary to what's going on. But really when push comes to shove, it is a very adept movie. It's a great B film and it's not it. Look, is it campy? Are some of the special effects a little bit offshore? Uh, is some of the acting a little bit subpar? Sure. Are there some campy one-liners here or there that you kind of cringe at and you go, really? Yes, there are. But the, all of that is done with love and is intentional. So I walked away from this. Uh, first of all, I walked into it expecting to be thoroughly disappointed, expecting that they were just going to take what Ed Wood Jr. did and ramp it up to 11 and make it even worse, which is what I thought was going to happen. And instead, they actually made a good movie based upon the original concept of Plan 9 from Outer Space, and they did it with love and care and just the right amount of campiness, just the right amount of humor, and just enough budget to be able to pull it off in a way that Ed Wood Jr. never would have been able to do. So overall, I have to say that this film has a seed of greatness. It, it, it is everything that Plan 9 from Outer Space could have been if they had a competent story writer, if they had competent uh, budget, and if they, they hadn't had their lead actor die prior to finishing the movie. So um, I, I I was pleasantly surprised 
And I was, I was bemoaning afterwards. I, I said to my friends who I used to watch bad movies with, I said to them, I, I'm kind of disappointed. I, I wanted to hate this film. I want a good reason to hate this film. And it turned out, no, there's not a good reason to hate this film. And if, for those of you that are judgmental going, oh, it's a remake and it's terrible. And, you know, the fact that they said the, the film Ed Wood would have made, you know, um, as one of their taglines, you you might immediately have that cringe reaction of no, this is going to be terrible. It's gonna it's gonna you know destroy Edward's legacy of being the worst low budget filmmaker. Yada yada yada. And it doesn't do that. It doesn't live up to what you would expect. Instead, it actually is a very good movie um, that pretty much anybody over the appropriate age could watch and enjoy. It's not going to be as enjoyable as, you know, your big Hollywood blockbuster, yada, yada, yada. But that's not what it's trying to be. It's trying to be a B-film. And it's doing it very, very well. The acting is good. The writing is good. The direction is good. Some of the effects are hit and miss. And some of the acting is intentionally campy and has some one-liners in it. But other than that, everything makes sense. It flows. And it is in almost every way superior to the original. I know that they're, they weren't looking to be superior to the original, but I'm saying that's the reality of the situation. It's, it's superior to the original. So definitely check out Plant 9. It is on Tubi. Plant 9 from 2015, although on Tubi it says it's from 2016 for some reason. I don't know why, but IMDb says 2015, and I'm going with that. So, Seed of Greatness uh, with Plan 9 from 2015. Uh, That's not the name of the movie. It's just called Plan 9. And John Johnson, if you ever hear this, you did a great job, man. Uh, You very much could have leaned into making it a really cruddy movie um, and and taking what Ed Wood Wood did and making it worse uh, and going that route. And instead, you took the concepts of the original, came up with something unique of your own, and helped to turn it into a really good film. Uh, well done, John Johnson and crew and cast of Plan 9. So, speaking of well done, if you think what I'm doing here is well done, I'd appreciate, uh, hey, support me in some way, shape, or form. This is a value-for-value value podcast. That means if you get value from what I'm doing, please show some amount of value in return. You could do this by using a podcast app from newpodcastapps.com that allows for value streaming, or there is a PayPal address as well you can use. In addition to that, other ways to show value is in terms of feedback, feedback at anusapples.com is the place to send feedback where I will be able to read it and uh, respond. And you can also, of course, um, you know, share this, leave reviews, all of that type of stuff. Um, All of those are ways of showing value back for the value that you get out of hearing this show. All right. And with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of anus apples and uh as always i will say you know i hope that you take a large giant bite out of the apple that is life take a bite out of life and enjoy it and we'll catch you next time for some more anus apples bye